name's Bond. James Bond. What do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Blow up, double <laughs> This never happened to the other fellow. I'm the man. Every penny of it. So you put your money where your mouth is. That's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I'll do anything for a woman with a knife. Shocking, positively shocking. You get your clothes on, I'll buy you a nice trade. <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome back to Double Oz 7, Australia's only apparent James Bond podcast as well. Look, we've been here before and we've always hit the floor, but we're here to do a podcast, but we always get away. That was a really bad introduction and you can understand we're working with pretty shit lyrics as we're here to talk about... A song that is to do with James Bond. The Sam Smith title track for the movie Spectre. Writings on the Wall. And a special episode of the program today. And I will introduce myself as Ben. And I've never shoot to miss. And I'm Colin Hilding. A million times glad that I'm me for my past. <laughs> wow. Um... <laughs> I am Noah, and I don't know how to live, I don't know how to breathe, and when we're not recording podcasts, I'm suffocating. <laughs> As you can tell, Sigh. we've all turned into emos and uh, locked ourselves into <laughs> our room with a photo frame of our beloved girlfriends crying over the fact I'm that starting they... <laughs> the, the Twitter trend, hashtag cuts for Vespa. <laughs> Get it trending. Oh, goodness. Um, yes. Uh, the lyrics, we've gone through them. We're talking about this song. It's been released uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, it's about to be released to, to purchase, which I don't know how many people will. And a lot has been <laughs> said about the uh, title track for Spectre and um, varying viewpoints, mostly negative. Colin, I'm going to hand this over to you to really give us a vibe of... How are you feeling about uh, this title track for the upcoming James Bond movie? Uh, I uh, I never wanted to be one of the negative fans who just thinks that they're old more from James Bond. And I'm going to try to be as positive as possible on this. Uh, I'm basically saying sometimes with James Bond songs, you don't really get it until you see it playing with the, the actual title sequence. Uh, I remember that with You Know My Name. When You Know My Name came out, I heard it, and I'm like, wow, that was just odd. You know, it doesn't sound like James Bond. And then when I saw it with the titles, I'm like, okay, I think I kind of like this. Uh, I'm having a hard time picturing this one right now. Um, it's, it's backwards to me. I think that's the biggest problem. Uh, I'll have a lot of comments to say about this throughout, but overall, other than a few horns in the beginning, I didn't really get a Bond feel for it, but I'm going to reserve full judgment till the movie, though. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I didn't want to be... <laughs> is it just, is this the whole episode is just... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't like to just hate on... A lot of people have been saying um, that 
uh, I've seen people say, oh, you guys are only hating it because it's new. You don't like change. Um, that's false. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Um, you're wrong. <laughs> I Like, when Skyfall came out, I am by no means an Adele fan at all. If you look at the songs that I have on my computer, none of them closely relate to Adele, except for Skyfall. And I, I enjoyed that song. I'm like, yep, this is a Bond song. It's catchy. It's got all the right elements. This, well, um, it's just pure terrible. Um, and not even as a Bond song. I think it's a bad song. And again, I don't want to be negative for the sake of it, but this is my opinion. And I truly think that this will be in the top, bottom 10, if not bottom five Bond songs of all time. Um and it's nothing to do with cha- uh, something new. And I do believe that change can be good, but often change isn't good. Uh, look at Die Another Day. So <laughs> don't don't play the song there. And <laughs> the thing the thing about Bond is we like Bond because it's the same all the time. We expect the expected, the expected, expected. Um, and then when there's change. <sighs> it kind of throws us off and sometimes it's good like Casino Royale the movie sometimes it's just horrible with this song um well we'll, we'll jump into it more because I've got a lot to say but that's kind of my what I hate for the sake of it I'll try and say some positive things it may be hard but I am not feeling this song at all and I have listened to it quite a fair bit just to get a true feeling for it because often your opinions change after the first listen and I, I picked up on a few things after the first listen, but not really. In some ways, the opinion got worse on multiple listens. So I'm sorry to be so down on this, but I am, I'm not digging it. Well, I won't play Die Another Day when you um, ask me to, because I'll play it right now. <laughs> Just had to fit oh. that in. Um, look. Ah! <laughs> I will say it was it was fascinating because... Noah messaged our little group um, and said they're about to, you know, give the worldwide premiere of this on BBC One Radio. Here's the stream. They're doing this in five to ten minutes and having to be on the computer. So Noah and I were streaming this live. And, I mean, that's something that I've never done before, <laughs> listen to the world premiere when everybody else. So that was kind of cool. But as as a song, just taking it completely out of the James Bond universe, if this was just a run-of-the-mill top 40 release on the radio, I kind of like it as a song. But if you take that into the James Bond universe, I don't like it because it's it's not... It's, I think you said it, Colin. It's not James Bond. It's not it's Bond. It's not Bondy. Like <laughs> we can use that as a word now. Besides, kind of the opening trumpets and whatever they are, and it's sort of sweeps into it, and then we get the piano. Then it just loses all feel of it. Like some of these songs that are, are constantly panned in the Bond universe. You know, I mean, they've still got an element of Bond music to it. Like. You know, we can shit all over another way to die. You can shit all over die another day, but at least there's elements of Bond music incorporated into the song. And lyrically. And lyrically. There's nothing in this song. Like, if you listen to this on the radio and you didn't hear the DJ say, oh, here's the latest track for the new James Bond theme, you'd just be like, oh, yeah, cool. Sam Smith's got a new song. That's kind of a nice, sweet, romantic song. He's pining for someone he loves. Sweet. 
put this into context of James Bond, and I, I think I read an interview with him saying he tried to write this in the perspective of James Bond. So, you know, jokes aside, cutting for Vespa, are we going to get a scene of James Bond, like, locking himself in his bedroom, like, drawing the curtains and just, you know, watching Blue is the Warmest Colour because it's the only time he can get close to it? Don't come in, Em. Leave me alone. <laughs> like... I just, Leave money, Penny. This is a different bond, I know that. But really, are we going down this path? Because the lyrics, if this is from James Bond, like James Bond doesn't sing songs like this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we, you know, this is this is something we expect from Channon Tating or something like that. Like, not fucking James Bond, Daniel Craig. Like, no. Like, just no. And I agree with Colin, like, to put it in the context of the movie, and I guess we're kind of going to go through some of the lyrics here and kind of think what it might mean for the movie. But just as of right now, I'm picturing the opening scene, you know, through Mexico and all that sort of stuff and explosions and everything like that. And all of the a gun barrel at the start. Yep. Yeah. And all of a sudden we're just going to hear this. I've been here before. <laughs> Is this going to be Bond in the credits like the first time we see Bond singing as the title credits go around? The Eastern stuff. <laughs> yes. Like covering up his boobs. There's one thing I want to talk. I want to talk about the horns this at the beginning, because when I first started hearing that, when I heard the song, I'm like, oh, this sounds pretty good. And then I know there have been a lot of people out there who are praising the song because, yeah, it has those Bond horns in it. But there's something very familiar about that one moment of the song that sounds like Bond. It goes like, da-da-da. And then about halfway through the song, as they're playing that, I'm like, I keep expecting it to finish going, like, it's the world is not enough. Yeah, it's not even an original use of like Bond <laughs> horns from what we've heard. I mean, there's a, a lot of comparisons out there as well to the fact that this is strikingly similar to Michael Jackson's Earth Song, which uh, yes. I, I didn't even read the comments on that. And halfway through the song, I'm like, is this the Earth Song remake? What about us? It's, yeah, which we need to play during our end credits here because it is an infinitely better song. But yes. the the two things in this that uh, people are saying is that, you know, it sounds Bond-like and it's very original, but it's really not that original. I think that's one of the problems I have is that when I'm listening to this, I'm hearing other songs. I'm hearing other Bond music that's already existed and I'm hearing another song that would almost be more appropriate as a Bond theme. I I was getting Thunderball vibes almost from that opening uh, horns. And when you say Bond horns, I just picture Daniel Craig in like devil horns that he's bought from the party <laughs> shop or something. But, uh, yeah, I was definitely getting some Thunderball vibes. But I will say the one positive or one of them, and one thing I do like is I do think the arrangement of the horns and the strings and the orchestra is done well. But mm. at the same time, the song drags and it's slow. This is a, where are you? <laughs> this is one of those ones. And we said where we would rank Moonraker. Um, so I don't know if we're going to get the disco remix of Writings <laughs> on the Wall, but I, I'm keen to hear it if we are. Um, I, I do enjoy the orchestra, and I think that does sound Bondy, and I'm not sure if they thought, oh, this isn't Bondy enough, let's put them in, or if... He always intended to have them in there or whoever produced the song. But I do enjoy that. But I do think it's so slow and it drags on and that's not a good thing because especially with the news that this may be the longest Bonds film in the history of the films that we're going to get this really slow dragging uh, theme. I don't think that's what we need. 
I think, um, yeah, it's. I think, Noah, you were talking a little bit to our group about um, if you look at some songs that may be um, a little bit out of context from the theme and the movie in that, like, obviously, um, you know, we recently talked about Nobody Does It Better um, and we're, <laughs> in terms of our context, we're about to get to all-time high. Ugh. But, like, <laughs> at least say Nobody Does It Better, they fit in the title of the movie into it and... Oh, I so wanted a Spectre mention yeah. in the scene. And it would have worked. Spectre rhymes, well, sounds like some of the words he's singing. It's it's interesting kind of with the Daniel Craig films that we've only actually had one of them that has mentioned the movie that he's been in. Or, you know, we've had four songs now and, yeah, three of them don't mention the title. And it's generally considered the best of them all. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's fascinating with it. But um, I think that the one thing that Sam Smith has come out and said is he wrote this song in 20 minutes. And I think a lot of the major- majority of the comments I'm reading is saying, like, well, could have probably taken a little bit longer yeah, than that. that. <laughs> He's just setting up the jokes, isn't it? I think we're going to be spending more time on this episode talking about the song than he took to write it. So we can probably all pen a better um, song in this time, guys, if we really wanted to. Last, well, yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's do the alternate theme. Um <laughs> Last week, uh, I'm a uni student, for anyone who didn't know. I got an essay back that had been marked and it said, uh, you should use the one-hour rule, just spending one more hour on the, on the essay just to make sure you really tighten it up. Um, I think someone needs to send my essay to Sam Smith or something. I think he needs to use the one-hour rule because I seriously think he could have made a better song if he didn't rush through it. I mean, what's the rush? He's had... He recorded this like months and months ago. Like that twenty minutes thing is just the butt of all jokes. I think. In, in all fairness, though, to Sam Smith, I mean, when these bomb themes are chosen, people submit songs, so they had others to uh, others to potentially choose from, and this is the one they chose. And I'm just struggling to think. I remember hearing so much talk beforehand from. Uh, you know Sam Mendes and everybody's and they were saying like this is an epic song and it's so quiet and like I, I mentioned earlier how I felt the song very backwards for me like the verses have a little bit of energy to them but then the chorus there's like almost no music at all playing it's almost acapella and it's just falsetto and slow and dreary I'm like if you're going to do anything, give us a big chorus at least, because that's what people are going to remember. And unfortunately, they're remembering this very soft falsetto with no music, no orchestra, nothing really playing in the background other than a tiny bit of piano. It just it feels like the song is backwards to me. And I'm sure I mean, maybe they didn't have very good selections of other songs, but it, it just, I can't imagine that when they heard this, they're like, that's the theme song for Spectre, the biggest Bond movie ever. I think that going back to kind of saying that this is meant to be, well, according to Sam Smith from the perspective of James Bond, a lot of that taking away from it. Like, if they had said, oh, this is from the perspective of, you know, blah, 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 you know, one of the Bond girls. Mr. White. <laughs> Mr. White. From M, Ray the new Fines. M. He's, like, writing it. Um, but, like... Denby. <laughs> it's, it maybe would pass it a little bit better, but just... I mean, it's mm. it's not to take a... Like, I don't know how this comes across by saying, like, oh, you know, James Bond being a softer... But it's just, I guess, what you're used to from a character. Like, you know, a lot of people kind of had things to say about James Bond crying in Skyfall. Like, I mean, is this the next step? Like, James Bond is the clingy emo boyfriend. 
you know, like it's. I mean, it's just kind of opening. I saw one headline that labelled the song "wimpy," which kind of made me laugh. Well, I just like That's a funny word. Let, let's go back to you know Thunderball. <laughs> You know, listen to the lyrics of that compared to, you know, this. Like, he always runs while others walk. <laughs> this one is, how do I live? How do I breathe? <laughs> I think uh, one, we've, we've def- we'll jump into the lyrics and analyse them. Sigmund Freud analyse them. Um, but I think one thing we've noticed on this rewatch is Bond lyrics are dumb. Like most of the songs, even the best ones, the lyrics aren't great. Uh, like he always runs while others walk. Um, we could go into some of the best ones. Even nobody does it better. And but uh, these lyrics are just cheap rhymes that you sound like they would be written in twenty minutes. Sounds like you'd see in a grade ten songwriting class or something like that. Um, a failed attempt at a love song and. Lyrics that even after we see the film, I don't think will make any sense. Um, it's just lyrical gobbledygook. Um, that's a scientific term, but there's just so much mess here. So, I bomb lyrics are dumb in all the songs, but this is next level, I think. Although, Die Another Day is probably up there too. <laughs> I think one of the things that makes this more disappointing is we're coming off of Scott Gold. Scott Gold's one of the few Bond themes where the lyrics not only were really strong, but they did make sense in the movie. You know, I mean, it, the first verse perfectly fit in with that opening sequence. You know, it's it's like Bond drowning and potentially dying, and then it gets into, you know, the whole Skyfall part. I mean, Skyfall won an Oscar, and this song will not win an Oscar. And I think I, I almost wonder if I would have been more accepting of the song if this came after You Know My Name and Another Way to Die uh, than if it came after Skyfall, because maybe they just had so much to live up to this time with Skyfall coming before us that it's just it was going to be impossible to please anybody. That makes me worried for the film then, Colin. Well, it's, I think it's a, great, <laughs> it's a great point you make there, Colin, because, it, I mean, Skyfall was perfect, exactly. Like, you know, we see the opening bit and then he falls down and you get, this is the end. Like, it just, it fits. And I think... With a lot of these... Skyfall is where it starts. Like, all the lyrics make sense in but, the film. But, like, you guess... Like, yeah. you look at the opening and, again, maybe we're passing too much judgment on it because maybe this will make sense. And, look, Noah, yes, lyrically, Die Another Day, pretty horrible. But, like, even if you look at the opening lines of that and what we're seeing on the screen... <laughs> don't no, no, no don't, don't shut me down because I'm being serious <laughs> with this. Because... If you, the opening bits where he's like, where Madonna's singing, I'm going to keep this secret, I'm going to close my body now. It's I'm going to wake up, yes and no. But it, it fits into the fact that he's being tortured. He's going to keep this secret, he's going to close his body so he doesn't, like, that fits in with what is happening. <laughs> Whereas, like, are we... That's a stretch, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, well... Look, I'm guessing this is the most analysis "Die Another Day" song has ever had. So props to you. <laughs> but but I guess if you look at the opening of this one, so we're going to be seeing James Bond hitting the floor. Uh, we're going to see <laughs> flashbacks. Maybe it's the dance floor, and it's not so emo after. <laughs> flashbacks of him running, so maybe trying out for the Olympics. Um, <laughs> he's always getting away. So maybe again, it's just flashbacks to "You Only Live Twice" and Moonraker, just constantly getting chased. Um, and then, but with you, I'm feeling something that makes me want to stay. So again, flashbacks to ve- cutting for Vespa. 
Like, but I guess, well, analysing the lyrics, analyse yeah. this, analyse this. Colin, you <laughs> mentioned, I think, in our Spectre trailer one that, I mean, could this be opening it up for another potential marriage, like another kind of Tracy situation? I mean, do, do we think that maybe, given how emotionally charged these lyrics are and how romantic and in love is, is this setting the stage for something like this to happen again? Yeah, well, that's what I was going to bring up next, is that the lyrics would only really imply that this is like a heavy love story. And and if that's the case, then maybe the song works. Like I, if, if they did this back in 1969, you know, tune into BBC radio for the new James Bond theme. And people are hearing, we have all the time in the world. Mildred and Bert would have been very confused by, we have all the time in the world. Oh, uh, how do I live? Oh, so I don't know. <laughs> If that's what this ends up being, then maybe this song does make more sense. But from what we've seen in the trailers, I don't really get that at all from this this movie and what we're about to see with this movie. It seems like it's more about, you know, James Bond's past and everything. And if that ends up being the case, the lyrics make more sense. But still, the song itself, it just this is Bond taking on Spectre. And I think the fact they named the movie Spectre you should have a song that reflects it. And it's just, it doesn't have energy. It doesn't really have any type of aggression to the song. Like you said, some have described it as wimpy and that's kind of the way it comes across. And if this movie is half, you know, love story and half aggressive terrorist organization, then maybe a song that can reflect both sides of that. I think, uh, like we have been talking, speculating here, speculating, um, (laughs) That is one thing we do need to stress is we haven't seen the film. Um, so a lot of the lyrics in Skyfall pre-film probably wouldn't have made sense. But I still think you look at that song and it's much stronger even when the lyrics don't make sense to the film. So there may be a lot in here that do make sense, but unlikely. Um, and then the counterpoint to you make a good point with all the time in the world, Colin, uh, turn on the radio, Mildred, but... Then the counter counter argument there is something like all time high, which <laughs> like that film is not really much of a love song, a love film. Like it's a bit of a stretch to call that a love film, and that song is pure love love song, um, no denying it. So, like if this is if there is no romantic relationship here with Bond, it just makes the song even more bad that they've got this love song for what's probably going to be one of the biggest action Bond films since, I don't know, the Brosnan films. So, yeah, I I just have to think it's a love story between Bond and Blofeld at this point. (laughs) Well, it's it's a very... Oberhauser. Oberhauser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oberhauser. (laughs) It's a good point Colin makes in regards to, yeah, like this is meant to be a film, Spectre Terrace Organisation. That's kind of what we've been sold with the trailers. Um, So... It's, in yeah, Noah, then you raise it with All Time High and all that sort of stuff. Like, all the songs as well, like we're mentioning about how they kind of incorporate like a Bond sort of theme or element to it. For the most part as well, lyrically, they are still related to an element of the film. Like, I mean, you know, uh, Another Way to Die, I guess, really doesn't really have too much in connection with the film, does it? But, um, 
you know, what, 85 to 90% of all the Bond songs are related to the, the film in terms of what they're singing about. Whereas this, reading into that aspect of it, you really are going to have to be thinking that love is such a big part of this. So you just wonder if they're trying to really sell, you know, I guess if they started showing a trailer of James Bond, like mixed with Fifty Shades of Grey, you're going to lose most of the James Bond film fans <laughs> coming into it. Wasn't that Torture Scene? Well, yes. Well, that's where I believe um, Fifty Shades of Grey uh, was yeah, inspired. Or where uh, Bond, uh, yes, I've had experience with men before, uh, <laughs> La Chief. Um, what, just on your point is, yeah, Another Way to Die doesn't really have much to do with the film, but I feel like almost like 90% of Bond songs at least have something to do with Bond or have some mm. Bond feeling in the lyrics. Like Live and Let Die, there's... Uh, there's no lyric like, what if I use voodoo on you? What are you going to do? Like, But I, I still feel like there's Bond, like, live and let die. That's kind of a Bondy thing. And, like, um, you got to give the other fella hell. Like, Bond chasing after a guy or something. Um, another way to die. It's not a great song, but there's lyrics about being a spy and working for Her Majesty. So I feel like um, Thunderball... Like, there's not too much to do with the actual film, but it's all about Bond. He runs, other people walk or whatever. Um, Three Blind Mice, maybe not. But (laughs) So I feel like there's even the ones that don't have the film in the title or don't have much to do with the actual film, I feel like they still involve Bond in it. This, the only thing I can hear, like, I'm prepared for this, I never shoot to miss, like, Bond uses a gun, um, <laughs> but whoever shoots to miss, like, no one shoots Spectre. to miss. Uh, um, yeah, like, some of those goons, like, shooting and never hit anything, but who actually shoots to miss? Spectre. Um, but there's there's nothing here in Bond, like, about Bond, even if he was in love. Um, Bond doesn't suffocate. Well, maybe well, this where, is kinky yeah, Bond. Like, let's go. <laughs> Let's go back to the man with the golden gun. And where was the lyric? He has a powerful third nipple. He charges a million for squeeze. You know, <laughs> there, there were more relevant lines you could have had in those too. So maybe not to judge too much on the, the lyrical content. Yeah, but even man with the golden gun is very still influenced by the film and is very spy like talking about Scaramanga. This. There's nothing. But even Live and it's, Let Die, I, I like, the, lyrics... the music to Live and Let Die, I think, stands out above the rest of the Yeah, and music, of... yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But even yeah, the I, lyrics I... Um, as a song, like, you, Ben, you said you like them as a song, uh, but not as a Bond song. Even the lyrics here, there's no substance to the lyrics at all. It's the most cliche, generic, la di da nothing. Um, yeah. Um, I just want to quickly say I'm... The one website I'm on here with the song's lyrics, it has, you know, similar artists and similar songs. And sadly, what comes up is, what do you mean by Justin Bieber? Wildest Dreams by Taylor Swift. <laughs> cool for the Summer by Demi Lovato. And Money by Five Seconds of Summer. I think, so, <laughs> I'm on the same website and I'm seeing that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do have a question, though on the past Bond songs, like you get to give a bit of context. We've obviously never done this before, you know, putting out an episode talking about this because we weren't around for the prior movies, but did either of you do this before? Like where you listen to the songs prior to the movie and analyze it a bit? Cause like it, just for a, a bit on me with die another day, that was the first one where I heard the song before the movie. And I 
didn't understand it at all and understood it less when I saw the movie. And you cancelled your tickets that you bought for the movie. (laughs) Exactly. It took me six months to get the courage up to watch Die Another Day, the movie. Um, But with Casino Royale and uh, Quantum of Solace, it was the same thing. I listened to the songs before, and with all of those songs, I was very critical. With at least and uh you know my name once i saw the movie i got a bit more and even to some extent another way to die when i saw it in the movie i got a little bit more skyfall i took a break i wanted to go into the movie and not have any first impression on the song and i ended up loving it i think the next day i listened to the song like 15 times in a row but with this one i mean it's obviously not that we're at least from my perspective it's not that you know we're oh, we're just analyzing the song beforehand too much because I've done this before. And I have to say, even in comparison to You Know My Name, uh, the, uh, what is it? Another Way to Die and uh, Die Another Day. I think that I had less interest in this. Like I have listened to it several times again, like, you know, to get a perspective. But even with Die Another Day, when it came out, and I listened to it. I listened to it at least twice thinking like, okay, that was different. Let me hear that again. And once I heard this once, I'm like, I think I'm good for today. And I waited <laughs> another day before bothering to listen to it again. Yeah, well, I think my history on that is I'm similar to you in Skyfall. I listened to it once on YouTube, and that was it. I just listened to it once. And I thought, yeah, this is quite good. It sounds Bondy. It's kind of a callback to the older films. This is the 50th anniversary and then the next time I w- listened to it was in the cinema. So I didn't analyze it too much or anything like that. I listened to it once and it got me in the first uh, the first listen through. I wasn't like singing in my head afterwards, which you never do on one, one listen of a song. But yeah, it, it didn't disappoint me at all. I'm like, yeah, Adele, whatever. I don't care much for her, but it's a good song for Bond. Another way to die. Um, I think I heard that on like the radio back when it came out, but I didn't analyze it. Um, I thought it was kind of blare, but whatever. My brother was a big White Stripes fan, so he enjoyed it. Um, so it was just whatever. And I'm a you know my name apologist. We'll get to that when we talk about Casino Royale. But that always had me from the get go. I think it has a lot of Bond style lyrics in it. It fits with the character and it's gritty. So. I've always been an apologist for that film. And so it's not just that I'm hating on the new one and coming off Skyfall. It's really, I don't think this was a good song and I hate to be such a hater, but it's just true. I think I actually can briefly remember uh, World Is Not Enough. Um, I was a big, I sort of was really getting into garbage, as in the band, not like trash. Um, yeah, we know you like Madonna. <laughs> Touche. And so sort of when it was coming out, I remember hearing it on the radio and not really paying too much attention to it. But then when I saw it um, in the movies, I was like, oh, I really need to get that. But being 12 and, um, you know, not having means to buy CDs back then, I didn't really have much to do. And, you know, YouTube and things like that didn't exist in 1999. So, but yeah, I mean, 2002... I uh, was a Madonna fan, so of course, as soon as I heard Madonna was doing the song, I'm constantly looking up every time I'm at school, is it out, is it out, is it out? And I remember hearing it for the first time, thinking like, wow, this is very different, this is not what I was expecting, but, you know, within a day, obviously, loving it to be- to bits. Um, you know, my name, that had me hooked straight away, like, I'm with you there, Noah, and being, I love that song, it is such a good song, and I think... It's just a, it's such a great lyrically 
you know, driven song about Bond. Like, you know my name. Like, I'm James fucking Bond. Like, it's just, it's such a good song. But anyway, Another Way to Die, yeah, I was never really sold on it. I remember hearing it and I just had listened to it constantly. Like, I just can't, what is this? Like, this is just weird. And, like, a friend I was doing the radio with who's a very big Bond fan, like, he was obsessed with it and I just didn't really buy it. And Skyfall, like, I hate Adele. I do not like her at all. But that song, like, I had the goosebump test. And within just a few moments, and it gets into that piano, the ding, ding, this is the end. Like, straight away, like, the hairs stand up a little bit. You're like, yep. And it's still catchy to this day. Yeah. Because the other day, you wouldn't stop singing. <laughs> and I listened to that nonstop. Like, I just played the shit out of that song. So when it actually, I saw it in the movies, and it comes on, like, I'm just like, the hairs are up again. The goosebumps are just, it's just great. But... Yeah, this is just different. Um, but, yeah, I, I think realistically, though, one point to quickly to bring up with it, the song title, Writings on the Wall, I've seen all these comparisons because in the trailer we see the writing on the wall of James Bond, like they're trying to tie this in with the film and just like, <laughs> wow, so that's the only connection we're going to get to Spectre. Is the fact- the living daylights out of <laughs> So is that like James Bond at that point is going to be like, Oh, the writing's on the wall. <laughs> oh, I'm suffocating. <laughs> one one thing you mentioned is it was different. Um, one thing that makes this song very different to any other song, and I'd love to get both of your opinions on this, is uh, hashtag falsetto. Um, <laughs> I don't think we've heard it. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how this sounds. Um, like he's an, He's a decent singer, but um, I... Like, oh, I didn't know this was a duet. I honestly thought it was a woman singing there. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's what you're going for with falsetto. I'm not sure. But I honestly thought at first listen that this was a duet. Like, shocker. Maybe Ellie Goulding is a part of it too. Um, (laughs) But uh, I do think that chorus with that falsetto would have potential with the kind of tune they're going on. But it's just weird and... To me, and again, I'm just piling on it, but it just makes the song even worse because I feel like he's a good singer, but he doesn't quite reach it, and it's just kind of out of nowhere. And if he's supposed to be even more silly, uh, I'm not big on the falsetto, but what do you guys Well, I think you said that this was like Casino Royale when he's getting smacked in the balls, like if this is James (laughs) Bond, like, to the left, to the right. Um, (laughs) But... I this is where I got the real vibes of like a Justin Timberlake cry me a river like just how he really goes up that high and like yeah it's it's kind of strange but I guess it's the whole emote like if he was just like going how do I live how do I breathe like it's probably but I think he could do <laughs> that Johnny for Cash. us without <laughs> <laughs> how do I live when you're not here I'm suffocating <laughs> I want to feel love 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 run through my blood oh we should do a medley of this song in the style of different artists. Uh, maybe that's yeah. something we can Bob Dylan, on, no, but... Bob Dylan. <laughs> How do I live? I'm suffocating here. Yeah. Um, I feel like he could have done this singing lower. I don't think it, this was something that needed to be falsetto. Yeah, it's it sounds very out of place in the song. And again, I think the biggest problem I have with it is that it makes it sound like just a generic song you'd hear on the radio. Um 
and I don't, I maybe I haven't had time to, to really sit there and analyze it, but I'm not really sure why. But that's the moment where it stops feeling like a Bond theme to me. And maybe it is more not so much because of the falsetto, but again, because I said at that moment, all the music kicks out of the song. It's just a couple of piano notes and his falsetto. And it just, it doesn't seem to work for me. And I, I just, I, I want somebody to do a mix of this song and at that moment just kick into Michael Jackson's chorus from the Earth song. Because I think that will make a decent Bond song. It's such, One Earth comment, song is such uh, a good song too. <laughs> I read a comment um, that someone said, like, this is straight out of X Factor or this screams X Factor, which is the worst possible thing you can ever have with a Bond song. Um, well, I thought it and, was very much like a Eurovision ballad. Yeah, <laughs> the chorus is definitely very Eurovision ballad, which is not a good thing Conchita for a Bond verse song. inspired. <laughs> We've said this all along. <laughs> uh, but... He in the interview that I sent you with the BBC, the premiere debut, he said that he's not going for a number one, which is number one on iTunes at the moment, by the way. Um, he doesn't want an Oscar. He just wanted to make the best possible Bond song. I'm not calling <laughs> him a liar. Shit. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, that's one way to put it. Well, who comes but, out and straight away goes, oh, bloody oath, I wrote this song to go number one. I want a fucking Oscar. Um, like, come on, as if he's going to admit to that. Yeah, it just does scream radio. And I'm not familiar with Sam Smith, so I couldn't tell you what he's on the song sound like. I'm not much of a commercial radio listener, but uh, this is similar to his style, but it does sound like he's like appealing to the the mass audience of the radio and it kind of screams um colin you might what's the guy who did the the end of the hobbit number two i forgot his name you might know colin oh uh yeah um yeah that that guy uh (laughs) colin Yeah, his song, it's everywhere. Like, a lot of people probably don't know that that song comes from The Hobbit, and it feels like that, that it's really appealing to... Oh, God. Yeah, that's the one. I, I hear fire. Um, It just really... Sea fire, not hear... Well, you might hear it, too. I'm a walking. But, yeah, it feels like he's written this to appeal to the mass audiences like that, I see fire. And maybe I'm wrong there, but that's what it really feels like. I think with the the past artists too, they they at least did make efforts to make it sound more Bond like. And I, I'm not going to criticize about it because I, I think that there's probably been a lot of songs in history where people like that doesn't sound like a Bond song. Like Take Nobody Does It Better, and then the next couple of songs that came out after that all sounded like Nobody Does It Better, and suddenly that that's what Bond songs sound like. But well, Bond Twenty Five, it's going to suck. <laughs> you you look at Goldeneye. It sounds exactly like a Bond song. You know, like you said, if you're hearing on the radio, like this might be a Bond song. Um, Tomorrow Never Dies, World Is Not Enough. To, then you have, you know Died. my name. Uh, <laughs> I skip it for a reason. <laughs> uh, Even A View to a Kill, which is vastly different, sounds like a Bond song. Yeah, like you can you could pinpoint and say like, oh, this could, if you were just hearing it and you didn't know it was Bond, like this could be a Bond song. And this, like we're saying, it sounds like just, a random song that would be on the radio so i don't know if this is ever really going to have the appeal and we're also unfortunately living in a day and age where people's first impressions become their permanent impressions and they'll never give it a second chance so i think at least we're saying let's wait and see how it's in the movie i think that at the end of the day we've uh, all been very critical of this song <laughs> the majority of people have i will say roger moore um tweeted out <laughs> saying that it was very haunting and wonderfully orchestrated 
So, well, haunting is an appropriate word. Yes. Um, I'll leave it at that. I to, had nightmares about it. Might, might need to uh, turn the uh, hearing aid up there, Sir Roger. Um, oh. but I oh. will say, let's just close it out with, um, do we feel our perspective of this song will change after the movie or do we feel that this is just shit? I think it changes only if the melody is somehow used in the movie because I think that's what it was for me with other bond songs once you hear that music played throughout the movie it catches it a little bit but i don't think that thomas newman had any input into this song unfortunately so it may be like a tomorrow never dies where it's just completely removed from the rest of the score yeah um that's one thing that i forgot to bring up is how would this fit into the film and the <sighs> If this is part of the score and is replaced with 2015 on Her Majesty's Secret Service theme, like, I'm seriously going to rage because that fits it perfectly. Um, and I don't see how this fits too well. Like, maybe the intro, ding, 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 could be used in a moody scene. But then the other bits, like, as you said, Colin, just a few piano note, notes during the falsetto, I'm not sure how well they can fit it into the theme, but... I will reserve my final judgment because not only seeing how it fits in the film, but also how it plays with the title sequence. We talked a lot about Live and Let Die, how that plays well with the title sequence. Um, But at the moment, it is in my bottom five Bond songs, hands down. And even if it does improve with the film, I still don't think it makes it out of the bottom ten. And again, I don't mean to be a hater for the sake of hating. It's just... I think they've got it wrong this time unfortunately all right well hopefully we'll keep an eye on things and um see if they get it right in the movie because uh we're getting closer and closer to Spocker. um but yes there we go that's our analysis of uh sam smith the writings on the wall uh and to close this writings out, on the wall i feel like i'm going to uh try and close this out in a bit of falsetto to just um really make this uh quite exciting i'm gonna and say log on to double seven on the internet. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. My name's Ben and my balls are gonna drop. <laughs> uh, and I'm Colin and I used up my falsetto earlier. <laughs> I'm Noah and I've just been vacated from my house for uh, betting $10,000 on Radiohead singing writings on the wall, so you'll never hear from me again. Damn you, Radiohead. And in the immortal words of a legend, Sigmund Freud analysed this. And I always get away But with you I'm feeling something <laughs>